Hey guys, welcome back to JL's podcast and want to welcome you back. Happy New Year to those of you who um, I haven't said that to. Um, welcome back if you're new. Um, welcome to you and if you're returning, welcome back. Um, it's JL's podcast. We drop an episode every Tuesday and we like to talk about pretty much anything relating to faith, Christianity and life. And um, and how you know trying to make that as practical as possible. So you are coming into um, a three-part conversation with one of my friends Nathan, and I actually, believe it or not, messaged him the night before I recorded this episode, and he is on holiday. So um, I, it was a bit of a stab in the dark, but um, also. Have a look out on the 29th of January. I'm going to be releasing a special episode talking about what's going to be coming up in season two of this podcast. Yes, we are coming up to the end of um, this first season of this podcast. And so I'm really excited about season two, really excited about the things that are going to be coming. And so look out for that on the 29th of January 2019 going to be sharing a little bit about what's going to happen in season two which is going to be even more awesome um and season one's been fantastic so far but i want to encourage you um to continue uh, and to listen to all three parts of this conversation nathan is a fantastic guy um such a joyous funny um and yet so deep of a person so I really enjoyed this conversation every time we have conversation I remember one of those conversations we had on the way down to Bustleton at one time and I think we kept talking for about an hour and 40 minutes and so he's the kind of guy I can just sit down with and just keep talking and talking and talking and um, just find new ways to new conversation and just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper with every single conversation we have so i really enjoyed this chat there was quite a lot of fun there was quite a lot of joy with it and um if you'd like to get in touch with nathan i'll put his details down um in the description but yeah going to be talking about pastoring going to be talking about grief and how to grieve well and the importance of grief we're going to be talking about Jesus being in the midst of all of the grief that we that we experience and how um, how to practically walk that out. What are some of the things to think about when you're going through grief? We're going to be talking about Emmanuel, God, with us and exploring that idea a little bit more. And so um, I hope you're blessed by it. If you have any questions, you have any comments, you'd like to give me any feedback, feel free to do so. My social media and... Uh, and I think email is available through the podcast page. Without any further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Nathan. What um, would you say would be some of the takeaway? Mm. Apart from Jesus being a part of the yeah. the pain, yeah. are there any takeaways of things that you learned about God Himself during yeah. that process? 
Um, I'm trying to think of something different other than he, Jesus weeping with us, <laughs> because we've touched a lot. Well, we can we can dive a little bit deeper into that if you go a bit more inside. Oh, uh, look, you... I, I think, well, the flip side is going back to that paradigm of truth and tears, because actually truth also was important in that, but in a non-Stoic way. So a Stoic approach to truth would be just to say, but there's going to be a resurrection and everything's going to be fine and... Like, that's true. Like, I believe that. Um, but appropriating that in a, in a non-stoic way um, was important, I think. As, as, uh, that was a revelation for me um, of holding intention, the Psalms in one hand and revelation in the other. Yeah, no. You know, that yeah. glorious vision that John gives us of, of a new heavens and new earth and mm. um, God wiping away all tears and pain and suffering. And um, I, I think that's, that was... Actually, the very tension is, is something that was a revelation for me of having that intention. Because yeah. I think if you have one without the other, if you just have all the, the grief with, with no sense of um, long-term hope, um, you can just destroy yourself, you know. Um, yeah. And yet, if you just have the, the hope without, without the grief and the psalms and the things like that, um, it can come across as stoic. And it does remind me a lot of kind of like, kind of health, wealth, prosperity gospel. It's like, no, have it all together and don't say that anything bad's happened in your life. You know, just declare the promises. You know, I'm like, oh, geez, uh, Jesus wasn't doing a good job then. It's like living in a bit of a fairyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, it's all truth. And, yeah. You know, but. And, I, and I think there's something beautiful about the tension because the tension itself is the truth. The tension itself is the truth of hope. And recognizing the present, okay. and I think think for me is allowing that future hope to break into the present, and I think that's where that tension kind of comes alive for me. That um, the future hope of, of all things made new one day, mm. breaking into the here and the now, um, because I'm still living in the here and the now. It's breaking into the here and now as opposed to me going there. Yeah. Um, because it's breaking into the here and now, the here and now could still be a hard time. But because it's breaking in, there's a there's a light in the darkness. The darkness doesn't disappear, but the the light is there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other revelations. I mean, not even just revelations. Uh, I guess a a big one around that time is also the, the concept of trust, um, okay. trusting in God. Um, I think, especially the goodness of God, when you're going through that time, and I think we we've. You, you do question the goodness of God when you go through those, those seasons of grief. Um, on the other side of it, I've found that the goodness of God is less about trying to work out what that, how that goodness is necessarily manifest. And, I mean, there's that as well, and I'll touch on that in a second. Mm. But it's more to do with actually saying that, in the long term, saying that God isn't good it's not, doesn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't functionally do anything in the end. Like, if you just say God's not good, now what? <laughs> now, like, what? What are you left with? You know, yeah. it's like there's, it's like yeah. you're actually trusting that God is good, and that actually, it then kind of reappropriates moments of joy. Yeah. Um, so, some people have often said this in a cheesy way. I don't mean this in a cheesy way. I mean it in a very authentic way. But actually, being thankful for things like breathing and and fine food and, and friends and things like you actually do appreciate the little moments even yeah. more yeah. and um, 
you know, there, there's a bad side to that when people just say, but there's so much to be thankful for, you know, when you're going through the hardest of times. But mm. there is also a healthy sense of actually going, you know, you're here. Yeah. And, and that if you got breath in your lungs, there is something to be thankful for. Yeah. And you can have that as well as go through this, this period of mourning as well, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, trust has been a big thing. Uh, this tension space has been a big thing. Yeah. And these aren't just lessons I've, I've learned for myself. These are, of course, lessons I've been wanting to embody in both my work, both um, outside of kind of explicit church-based ministry and, and of course, um, within church as well, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, these have been big things for me. So trusting God is good mm. when yes. life is not. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's a trust. I, I like the Hebrew word for for faith. Um, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew is a language that's very imagery based language. I love it. And oh, so good. And some Hebrew scholars would say um, that the word faith, it's it's like being held. Mm. And to use to capture that same phenomenon, but use more modern language, I, I liken to a trustful. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, trust. Fall is not called a cognitive belief fall. <laughs> you, know, it's called, you might not have it all together, but you, there's this deeper visceral trust. And let me just say, it's not to be anti-rational, anti-belief or anti-cognition. It's just to say there'll be moments in life where you don't have all the answers, but when you fall into that, which is God, and when you fall into, when you trust that this Jesus is true and when you trust that this Jesus story of, of, of hope and redemption is true, mm. when you fall into that, when you trust fall into that, it opens up a whole new way of mm. living and moving and having your being in the world, yeah. which is uh, wow. exciting, you know, but, awesome. it also, but it's also very held as well. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So trying to, trying to put together that picture in my mind, mm. so then the cognitive or logical yeah sure. lack of better words mm. um, part of that equation is as we mm-hmm. come face to face with all the truth yeah about uh, about who God is yeah. so his faithfulness um, yeah. the hope that he offers yeah um, um, that he's going to be the one to wipe away every tear yeah so faith would you say then is like that kind of response to sort of go you know what I'm going to lean into that yes Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Um, I'm, I'm not against having right beliefs or anything like that. I'm all for that. Um, what, what, and I guess it's not so much dogma. I think it's, it's more like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm referring to yeah. the nature and the character yes. of God. Yes, yes, The actual person. The like person. If, the per- like, yeah, like we talk about Not pers- like this, like... Trinity, or I believe in, in the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, you know, that's stuff that's around us, around, but yeah. really what's at the core? Yes. Because yes. that's what matters. Like, we, yes. you know, God didn't send more doctrines, He sent a person. Yes, yes. And I think and I think that's exactly, I, that's how I view faith. It's it's about trust in a person, mm. you know. Uh, or, or, you know, to be Trinitarian, persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But of course, the, the clearest picture of the revelation of God the the person of Jesus and actually recapturing the personhood of of Jesus actually being a person um, that I trust in yes that's exciting because that's holistic that includes the life of the mind includes the life of the emotions it it taps into that deeper reservoir of meaning and and 
you know, what it means to be human, yeah. you know. Yeah. And when, you know, I, I like to use the word faith in that trustful sense of it. Yeah. I, I think that's... that's brilliant. Yeah. That's and to, to put a little bit of a spin on it, you oh, know, the, the word faith in the first century um, could also also have political undertones, which sounds strange, but, right. but hear me out on this, yeah, all right? Now, I'm, not, I'm not talking about being on the left or the right in our modern day <laughs> political <laughs> constructs. I'm talking about... Um, the word faith around the time of Jesus was almost it's, it, another word for it could also be an allegiance. You know, you give an allegiance, mm-hmm. which makes sense because yeah. we ne- let's never forget the very real fleshed out world that Jesus lived in was a world against the backdrop of you know, the Roman Empire and the puppet King Herod. Yeah. And Jesus comes, you know, when Jesus called himself a king bringing the kingdom, that. That was a literal language. <laughs> you know? yeah. It wasn't this, you know, etheric thing off in the distance. You know, it was through Je- Jesus pretty much like, hey, I'm the good king bringing the rule and reign yeah. of God in and through yeah. myself. Yeah. And uh, to have faith in Jesus, the word faith was a circulated term as putting your allegiance in somebody. That's right. So if you take those two meanings, this Hebrew meaning of trustful and this, this kind of political meaning around the time mm. of Jesus, this... Mm. You know, trusting and giving your allegiance to, and it's a terrible analogy, but to use a political analogy, it would be the equivalent of supporting a particular political party or, yeah. or, or a revolutionary movement, like people who support Martin Luther King Jr. or yeah. something like that. That's an equivalent of like, I'm going to get behind yeah. this person. Well, it makes know. sense because there was political backlash exactly. with the birth of Jesus. Yes, yes, there was. Um, yeah, you know, so it does make sense. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had. I mean, I mean, you couldn't get away with that kind of political backlash yes. today, yes. but um, yeah. babies underneath the age of two were killed. Exactly. Herod was freaking out. That <laughs> is a political move. It is. It is a political move because it's a direct affront to absolutely. his kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. So. And uh, yes, yeah, so for me, like this, these two meanings of the word faith, mm-hmm. when you bring them together, it creates a whole new synergy of what it means to even be a Christian or become a Christian and continue as a Christian because all of a sudden if it's about this trustful like allegiance mm. to a person yeah. you know that you know, you know that, that opens up a whole new world yeah. so to speak Absolutely. and it adds a whole new dimension to that verse in Romans chapter 10 where it says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart the idea of confession with your mouth and believing in your heart that's actually very political terms it was yeah. you, you're given a, a a confession you're standing up on the podium yeah. and he says you know against the backdrop of this world that we live in, I'm going to declare that there is actually a different way um, to there's a diff, there's a different rule there's a new king yes. on the block that's right you know there's a uh, we, there's a prime minister of prime ministers who's different from any prime minister that's a right. way of doing prime ministership yeah. or president of presidents that's different from any way of doing yeah. presidentship you know yeah. and yeah, I find that that, that synergy of, of that. And that does lead to sanctification, how we grow in the faith. Because all of a sudden, if you're... And this was, this was my ex-girlfriend who told me this. I, I, wanted to wrestle, I used to wrestle, like, justification, sanctification. <laughs> and she just said to me one day, I was like, Nathan, if you trust that Jesus is in Jesus, is king, in, in Jesus and you trust in his... Through trusting Jesus, you trust in his way, you're inevitably going to, over time, live a new life. Because part of living a new life is the recognition that you trust in his version of the best way to be human, or the true way to be human, really. That's right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, I should stop doing those things um, because and, and actually live a new life. You know, you're not just saved from sin, you're saved into a new life of yeah. love. You know, but you... you it's because you're trusting. You know what I mean? It, it all comes down to that trust at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, even growth in the faith comes down to 
well, I trust in what's best. You know, mm. what's the better way to be human, yes. defined and modelled in Jesus. That's right. You know? That's right. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I think for a while, and I don't know, but I, I was in, in, a, in a space where um, I think I got caught up myself in that yeah. idea of, you know, I, I'm supposed to be following Jesus. Why isn't this life coming together? Yeah, yeah. But then, um, yeah, a friend of mine just said, well, actually, let's start talking about the life that you got saved into. Wow. What about discovering that? Yes. Because. Wow, yes, you yes. Know, what, what we focus on is what we end up magnifying. And, yes. and I was magnifying, no, I want to serve God, so I can't do this. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. This. yeah I, can't, totally. I shouldn't do this. But it's like, well, what should you do instead? Yes. Like, there's yes. a new life. If Jesus brings new life, what does that mean? Let's yes. walk it out. Let's explore that because that's a world of us it is is. it's glorious newness yes yes um, yes. you know that it's just a perfect way that you've put it um, of you know it's not just what it's Mm. not just what we've been saved from saved to what we've been saved to absolutely Jesus brings life abundantly yes and I think that that's one of the most exciting thoughts for me it is it's so exciting think about that scripture it's liberating in in, in the context within which he's talking about it he's talking about sheep shepherds yeah yeah, yeah, and and it's like well yeah sheep don't know what they what they need Mm. but God in his mercy comes and he sees the wolf and he sees the devil coming to steal and to kill and to destroy and we're helpless Mm. but I've come to give life amen it's so good and that's it and he's the one who brings the life isn't it yes you know the whole point of following Jesus is that you're following (laughs) he's done the Mm. the work capital W to bring about the kingdom we don't lift a finger to bring the kingdom we even ongoing, don't lift a finger, dare we say, to bring the kingdom. It's yeah. the, the Spirit's implementing the finished victory of God through the death yeah. and resurrection yeah. and will bring it to completion one day when he returns. And we, we're just like people who get to ride the wave Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. by the power of the Spirit. Will we be people who enter into that, that, that mm. riding of the wave? Yes. You know? yeah. And that's exciting. It like, is very you know? exciting. And, and it's that new life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love how the Hebrews looked at it in the sense of being held. Mm. And I think, for me, I work really well with pictures. And yeah. I think, like, if I'm being held in the hands of God, first of all, I cannot actually fathom how big those hands would be. Yes, yes. And how tiny I would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes my personal effort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and it just paints such a picture of, I think I'm going to be okay. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you say that. Like when I when I got counselling about five years ago, mm. I was like wrestling through all these problems. My counsellor, who was a Christian, just looks at me and he says, "I feel this picture I've got is like God's holding you." And mm. for those who can't see, I'm holding my hand out, and I'm getting my finger down, just running around around the middle of my palm. It's like you're like this, Nathan. Just like running around, running around. And God's like, I've "Got you." Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and that revelation is like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You have to have it all yeah. worked out, you know, and that comes back to that journey, you know. The mm-hmm. whole point of following is that we're, we're following because we don't, and, and this is the good thing about the grace of God. And this is going back to grace being less about an abstract doctrine about a person, you know. Jesus is the graceful person. Yes. Jesus is the one who, when you're following him, against the backdrop of what he is already doing, has done, will do, against everything that you follow, and when you stuff up, he picks you up. And the Holy Spirit's empowering you along the way. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. that's the good news. Yes. You know? Such it's so exciting. And it ends in the big picture as well. That's what I love about it. It's heading somewhere. Yes. You know? 
Um, I, I like one model of discipleship which focuses on kind of um, where it's all heading. Because God's going to make a world where forgiveness is default, we learn to be forgiveness people now. Yeah. Because yeah. God is making a world where justice is going to be the norm, we learn to be just people now. Mm. Because God's future world mm. is going to be a world where neighbourly love is the default mode of reality, we are learning in the here and the now. And yes. key word, learning. We're always disciples, always yeah. students of the King. We are learning to be loving that neighbour now. Yeah. We fail all the time, <laughs> you know. Which is why we have that glorious prayer, which, yeah. which asks for mercy within the Lord's Prayer. But nonetheless, seeking that journey where yeah. it's all heading. It's exciting stuff, and it all comes down to trust. Absolutely. Amen. So good. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm receiving. <laughs> oh, amen, brother. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were pastor for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah thanks, man. Um, uh, I actually am in the pastor role now. That's probably worth worth oh, mentioning. Because um, I don't think you knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I've um, just become the the. I think the official title is young adults coordinator. Yeah. Because um, I'm not I'm not a, a cre- accredited credential. Credential. I'm not credentialed. Um, yeah. So, want to be mindful of language, just given given the logistics of it all. But uh, but yeah, that's my new yeah, role. That's actually, really great. At, at uh, Sanctuary Church. So just. Just so you know. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm. You're going to do well. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I need the encouragement, so it's good to get the encouragement. Oh, Nathan, <laughs> you don't need the encouragement. You're awesome. Oh, thanks, man. However, like the Bible says, yeah. encourage one another. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you'll do great. Thanks, man. And thank you. You'll make a great young adult. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like the bunny ears in case you forgot to know. Yeah, <laughs> Um, <laughs> things you learned about yourself as a person mm. going through mm. at a very young age, pastoral ministry, yeah, and all that. Oh man, to be honest, I actually don't know from the top of my head. Um, I learn as a person. Um, see, I feel like I've already touched on like a lot of those things about learning, like because all, all that was integrated into my own. Mm personhood so to speak mm. learning because it wasn't just for other people learning to be okay with them not being okay it was learning to be okay with myself not being okay yeah. as well um, alright well let me ask this mm. um, so how have you um, a lot of people who go through grief and mm. maybe they don't get the chance to find out how to work through tension yep. or all of that yep. um, you know truth and hurt and pain mm. Not a lot of them come out and start to finish the process of grief yeah. and come out on the other side yeah. with such a hopeful, yeah, sure. uh, you know, deeper trusting yeah. kind of um, kind of steps afterwards. Yeah, totally. How has how have you then? Uh, yeah, because I I mean I know you're you're a pretty uh, hopeful joyful um, <laughs> yeah it's kind of inbuilt into my personality it's, sure. Um, sure it's one of those things like if if I met you yeah. it would I would be pressing I would be pressing myself to actually believe that you had such hard knocks sure yeah in your life yeah. Um, I mean, you're also a pretty deep person. You're pretty serious. When you need Thank to this. Be. That is the ultimate compliment. What you just said, both uh, the fun and the deep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. <what> I... <laughs> Amen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you are, me. and you are, and I follow you on Instagram, and I enjoy your singing and uh, what should we call it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But I don't know, you just don't take yourself do. so seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do both, don't I? And, I do yet, and, the and yet, when somebody sits you down, be like, oh my gosh, this guy is incredibly, incredibly intelligent, <laughs> deep, oh. think things through. Thanks, man. I mean, I think you're in the middle of writing, from what I heard from the podcast, you're mm. in the middle of writing, um, um, what are you, 60,000 words in? Is that what you said? Uh, the deconstruction. Oh, uh, well, no, nah, 6,000. 6,000. 6, 6,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a six in there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> My but, yeah. yeah, you really dig deep and explore <laughs> your faith. You, yeah. So how do you keep such a sweet spirit? Yeah. <laughs> through all of this <laughs> adversity? Yeah. Um... It's actually been allowing the grief to wash over. I think that's what it's been. Hmm. Um, and, and that's not, not, might not want to be, not, might not be an answer people want to hear, which, you know, for someone like me, it's actually very, it's not my natural inclination to, I don't think it's natural inclination for many people, <laughs> but especially for someone like me, it's not my, it's not my natural inclination, doubly so, to allow grief to wash over. But, you know, I studied counselling you know, a few years back. So that helped as well. But yeah. I, I do want to speak to everybody on this because I know not everyone's studying counselling. Not everyone you know, does that stuff. So probably probably more from an advice perspective yeah. would be to... You want you still want to function. And I think that there is a healthy type of um, smile and grinness. Mm. Uh, there's a healthy dimension to that. It can be very unhealthy when people just push down their pain. But there's a healthy dimension of like, you know, you might still, you know, your work might only allow like two months off, if that, to mm. grieve. You know, you might actually have to go back to work, yeah. and you're just gonna have to put through. And, yeah. You know, if, if you know if they're older people have kids or stuff, you you're still gonna have to be available. So there is a, there is gonna ha- unfortunately gonna be a, that time we're just gonna have to push through regardless. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's the key is to actually allow yourself to stop, yeah. and to even in the busyness, even if it's just a couple of minutes, just to allow yourself to kind of sit with with everything. Obviously, you want to sit with everything in, in a way that, you know, the kid doesn't knock on the door and you just burst, you know, <laughs> and they need food, you know, need dinner, you know. But I think, you know, all, all that said, though, I do think finding whatever that space looks like for the listener, find that space to allow yourself to, to feel, to actually stop, yeah. and to, to do Sabbath, to um, the Hebrew Shabbat, I think is the yeah. term, you know, to stop, to cease, yeah. and to allow yourself to actually allow the life to catch up to you um, and that that was important for me um, to kind of allow myself to feel the pain which is hard it's very hard you want to do it in community you want to do it with, with friends yeah um, you want to do it yeah, in your private space as well but you, you want people to hold you in that space as well mm. uh, and for me also just being honest with God yeah like saying exactly how I felt about yeah. it all not sugarcoat honestly I've I, I I mean, I, I, I have like a, a trucker's mouth in my prayer life sometimes. <laughs> like, but, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I feel like God, God's big enough to handle my anger. God's big enough to handle my pain. Mm-hmm. In that season, God's big enough to handle my doubts. Yeah. God's big, big enough to, to handle all that. Yeah. Um, once again, he's holding us. Yes. And so that would be my second advice. First advice is to allow that space. And perhaps within that, the second would be to be honest about how you're feeling. Yes. Um, be on, and, and, and you know, scream if you need to. You know, yeah. do do what you need to do to to lament and to yes. really, you know, even if it takes you know going to the Psalms. You know, the Bible is actually a brilliant resource mm. for yeah. 
getting the words that we need in our pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so certainly allowing that. And also probably my third advice would be reflection. Reflection on and something very in particular, and that is God with us, Emmanuel. Yeah. The God died on the cross. I mean, that's a huge theological conundrum there in some sense, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But in the sense of Jesus being the son of God, mm. um, God in the flesh, um, Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross. This, this you know, the, the, the cry on the cross mm. is a cry of somebody who's been thrown into the darkness. And for me, that reflect on that during that time and just when I need to as well in the rest of life, reflecting that, you know, why does bad things happen to good people? We don't ultimately have the answer. You know, there are there are hints and guesses and, you know, there's sin and there's, you know, there's the principality and power. You know, there are all those dimensions to it as well. But but, but sometimes you just don't have the answers. Yeah. And actually recognising that on one hand, God isn't an evil puppet master pulling the strings, mm. but neither is God kind of, caroling the cor- like in this corner helpless mm. but behold God is revealed on the cross yes. and uh, that's a quote I don't want to steal that I think that's from a, I think that's from a theologian by the name of Brad Jerstack I think is his name but anyway just so I don't give credit where credit is due you know that, that notion of it, it's not God isn't kind of orchestrating the evil so to speak mm. but neither is God kind of like helpless yes the power the sovereignty of God is ultimately revealed on the cross yes. And I think when we see that, when we see that actually in the middle of the hardships that we go through, that Jesus has experienced suffering. Yeah. God himself has not been indifferent to our own pain. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of, um, of, uh, of a man who went through the Holocaust and he was observing this one time um, people being, being executed, hung from the, from right. the Nazis and some of them wouldn't die straight away. Their necks were breaks so fragile. Mm. And one of one of the men apparently yelled out, pointed to the story, where is God? Where is God? And um, the man telling the story pointed to, there he is. And he points to the gallows. And I think that perspective of God has experienced our own darkness yeah. In, in, yeah. in the sun, in Jesus on the cross. Right. And in, in embodied on the cross isn't just, the, the the God who experiences our pain as, as actually I think the writer of Hebrews says you know that um, God is sympathetic empathetic to our own struggle yeah. um, we, we have we have not only that but also a reflection of and this has often been forgotten in discussions on talking about personal suffering and evil both personally and in the world and that is that Jesus actually defeats evil on the cross as well can Not I read on that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm reading a book at the moment called Evil and Injustice for God by a scholar called N.T. Wright. Mm. He's one of my favourite authors. And he says, quite boldly, he says, gone are the days where the question of evil and suffering is just framed in philosophical terms. You know, mm. if God is, is all loving, why we love evil? Is God in control? You know, that, that type of philosophical question. Because behind that's always a personal question. There is really. always. It's always, always a personal question. Which is awesome. And... Uh, he says, actually, gone are the days is that type of question, but gone are the days is also the sense in which we have to recognise that... Who's here? Someone's here. Someone's, Someone's here. Keep recording. Yeah, let's keep recording. Do you want me to... I'll wait till you get back, though. Yeah, wait till I get back. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, a joke of the day. Maybe, oh, a joke of the day. 
Um, Jean-Luc told me to bring a pun. Um, I can't think of a pun. Uh, in fact, it was punishment <laughs> to think of a pun. That is my lame joke of the day. Um, yeah. That <laughs> um, so yeah, hello people. Jean-Luc's not in the room. Um, Jean-Luc's an amazing person. I, I love Jean-Luc to bits. He is both a very much a deep, reflective, critical thinker and also um, a lover of people. And yeah, he's just such a great guy. Uh, he's much, he's a better encourager than I am because I'm doing an abysmal job compared to what he said about me earlier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, certainly listen to this podcast and previous episodes as well. Um, I hope I'm going to remember my train of thought when he gets back. Let's wait and see. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's got a tissue box in here that, that um, I'm not sure how sensitive the listeners are to particular words, but the, the box says, who gives a crap? And that's actually a toilet paper company that uses recycled paper to produce tissues and toilet paper. And I'm pretty sure most of the donations go to third world countries. So I get behind that. Um, what else can I see in this room? Um, I see piano, I see guitars. So I can see that a lot of people uh, definitely players of instruments in this household. You know, it's gonna be hilarious when he comes back and we're just gonna dovetail right back into it. So, um, yeah, it looks like he's done. Looks like he's coming back now. I, I, I said the joke, I encouraged, I said, uh, well, you're gonna hear it, aren't you? Do you want to say it again? No, sure. you should be surprised. Sure, I will, I will be surprised. Those were actually um, Joe's witnesses from the team hall down the road. I didn't know it was Kingdom Hall. There you go. Anyway, there you go. That's great. Oh, I met them. It was Jazz and Whitney. The Jazz and Whitney. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually hilarious. Talk yeah. about the, the nature of it. Where were we? <laughs> it's going to be hard to dovetail back. God defeats yes, evil. That's right. That's right. Because there is one sense that God is in the midst of evil in the sense that in the sun God experiences that pain but there's often a dimension to it all that's often forgotten and that is evil itself is also defeated on the cross um, and you know I don't want to go too much into to in some sense because it dovetails into another subject on atonement and I think that's a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> however um, one dimension to atonement um, and this comes from the thoughts of the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright in his book. Um, both his book that I just mentioned before and also his other book, um, uh, The Day the Revolution Began, which mm. is, is actually his whole book on the, on the atonement. Uh, one dimension of the atonement is that when you actually read the Gospels, and if you actually read it and not... Because a lot of people pick, get their, their atonement from Paul and things like that, which is fine as well because it's part of that Bible. Um, but going to the Gospels, we actually see, going back to this, this idea of the defeat of evil, is actually one of the core aspects of the, of the cross is actually the victory over evil. That when you see the Gospels, you discern this, this, this story that has a climax in the cross yeah. of the powers of evil a gathering storm but from each miracle that Jesus does each way that Jesus declares himself as king there is this, there's a surge of evil happening behind the scenes and it is and it's multifaceted it is both the, the, with the religious elite so the kind of the religious system 
Uh, it is with the political powers, yeah. and it is with the principality and powers behind those very powers themselves, yeah. you know, evil with a capital E, so to speak, yeah. kind of gathering force. And in the cross, um, the cross actually, uh, is, I, I don't want to go, I don't remember all the verses from the top of my head that speak on this, but you see it both in the narrative and in particular verses that the cross is actually the place where evil is defeated or evil converges on the cross. Mm. Evil, injustice, sin, suffering, um, all of it converges on the cross. And Jesus defeats evil by not rebounding it back onto us. He takes the full force of evil onto himself and breaks the cycle of evil. He doesn't play evil's game Mm. by, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, tit for tat, you know. He actually breaks that cycle by and and in that sense defeats evil because evil wants evil to the cycle to continue and so evil is defeated in the death of jesus um and the vindication that we know that truly did indeed happen is of course seen three days later when jesus rises again from the dead you know death evil injustice sin could not hold jesus and that's the kind of a, a part two reflection on the reflection of life not only that jesus is with us but that also Jesus defeats evil, which kind of catapults us to a glorious future. Amen. Because now that, because, you know, we, we say Jesus defeated evil, but we still look around and see so much evil in the world. And the difference is, is that <laughs> this is where theological language kind of loses its kind of foothold. Jesus has, <laughs> in a sense, in principle, defeated evil. Um, there is still a further victory to be had. Mm. And in between then and there, the question now, actually, not only do we get comforted, from this reflection but eventually once we've done our grieving yeah. we no longer just wrestle with the problem of evil and allow out the comfort of the messiah in reflection and prayer and in in, in allowing space but now actually we become people who beyond the impasse go out by the power of the holy spirit and rather than just talking about the problem of evil we actually start to address the problem of evils mm. we use the means and the methods and the ways of jesus to then go into the world and our, uh, God's the answer to the problem of evil, but yes. he uses us in his hands and feet. And so there's a sense yeah. that we can become the answer to the problem yes. of evil, That's right. um, being followers of Jesus, Absolutely. unto a hopeful future, which yes. is also part of that reflection. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, my tattoo says, all shall be well. <laughs> yeah. shall be well. All shall be well in the end. Indeed. And that's that's good news. Wow, mm. that's that's awesome. That's really that's really good. That's really deep. And hey, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it, and um, want to encourage you: drop a rate, a review, subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't already, if you're new, thanks for tuning in. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. Thanks for lending your ear and um, and to do this podcast. I want to encourage you to reflect and think about this and what you've just heard. Don't just move on. Make sure you just you know digest it. Some of these places were pretty deep where we went into. And I hope this has blessed you. I hope this has um, challenged you and helped you to think a little bit differently and from a different perspective about some of these things that we've discussed again we drop an episode every tuesday of the month also look out for the 29th of january we've got a massive announcement about season two of 
this Honest Chats podcast and um, I'm really looking forward to um, what season two has to bring. I'm looking forward to uh, how things are going to unravel as we move forward. Um, so keep an eye out for that and um, thank you again. We'll You'll hear from us next week.